0: welcome back to the talking your way to change podcast the show that educates you about optimal mental health i'm the host dr zan banker hi everyone as a parent of a non-disabled child i have been in the position of privilege i've had the unearned social and educational advantage of not having to understand the scarcity of resources and special education. Although I've had informal discussions as a neighbor, a family member, a friend, I could really function without this knowledge. As a psychologist, my practice has never included working with children in school settings Or around learning and thus I have had no formal or informal training and special education and only knew a limited amount about services available for children struggling in school. COVID-19 has highlighted this issue for me and led me to take some action to learn more. In this episode I talk with Jamie Nord, the Executive Director of the St. Croix River District Education. And I hope listening to our conversation will spark your interest as well. I will leave a link in the show notes of a particular helpful podcast episode that I found targeted to the challenges of handling IEPs during COVID. I'll leave you with this quote. The more privilege you have, the more opportunity you have. The more opportunity you have, the more responsibility you have. Noam. Chomsky. Enjoy the episode. A lot about how to partner and collaborate um, as a parent, as a therapist, as a neighbor. I, I really want to help families that are struggling, um, especially families that have children with special needs. I've been trying to educate myself about you know, what those services are, what's available Mm -hmm. um, in the schools. I have such a value and determination, I feel like, in my life to make sure that public education succeeds. And I was thinking just as like a baseline, it might be helpful for people to just sort of even understand more about um, special education in terms of, you know, what does it mean to qualify for special education And now you mentioned kids, the the group of kids that kind of fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe we could just start there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We don't have all day, though. So I'm going to try
1: to keep this concise. Special education uh, can be pretty complicated. So I'll I'll give this my best shot. But um, the the law that really governs special education is called the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, um, otherwise known as IDEA. And this law requires that public schools provide special education and related services to eligible students. And really what it it requires us to do is to provide a free and appropriate public education or FAPE to students with disabilities. And I think one thing that's important to understand is that not every child who struggles in school will qualify for special education. So when I talked about students falling through the cracks um, just wanting to make that connection again. To be eligible for special ed, a child's school performance must be adversely affected, um, is really the language used, by a disability. Um, there are 13 disability categories in which a child can qualify under. Um, and they have to have show a need for specialized instruction. So we have some students with disabilities that are successful without Special education services um, in our public schools, or maybe they just need some, you know, more um, minor accommodations um, that don't really warrant uh, special education services. So, in order to determine if a student is eligible for special education, a comprehensive evaluation needs to be conducted by a team of professionals, and that team is really determined based off of the needs that students presenting. So if they have needs that are more academic, you're gonna see professionals on that team that have expertise in that area. If they're more social behavior related, you'd see someone on the team who has that area of expertise. Um, So that team looks different depending on the presenting needs of the child. Um, For every student who needs special ed services, once that determination is made, yes, they're eligible, then the team's going to work on developing a special document that's called an individualized education program, an IEP. So the IEP really serves as a map that lays out the programming for that student in terms of their instruction, the supports and the services that that child needs in order to make progress and thrive in school. So there'll be goals set forth for that child. Um, There'll be services listed out that um, the team feels are necessary for that child to reach those goals, as well as accommodations to provide within the school setting.
0: Yeah. So each child that uh, qualifies for special education will have this individual education plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sort of relate that in, in my work that maybe would be considered like a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, yeah, then during this um, pandemic, when we have these three models of either distance hybrid or what's the other one, I guess in, in person, person. Yeah. You're, it's like you're having to sort of come up with like three different treatment plans based on access to three different kinds of resources. It's exactly I can just it. imagine, I mean, the paperwork and just even the conceptualization that the schools are having to grapple with must be mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, And, and I understand too on the parent side that they might feel like really anxious that their child isn't getting services. And, you know, and I've been confronted with that and I've been trying to kind of help parents come up with ideas
1: mm-hmm. and
0: figuring out how to, you know, even help the school, maybe giving some suggestions or ideas when they're, mm-hmm. you're confronted with that IEP of, okay, well, what do you have at home that could be used as a learning resource? Yeah. Um, and I know you and I have kind of just talked about our own kids that in some ways we've really had to shift. Our children are having to learn more life skills now, independent living skills. And I think that's actually been helpful. Like, yeah, you got to learn how to make your own lunch, kiddo. And yep. you're, help, you're helping with laundry more. Um, and also, just like what you had mentioned earlier, like critical thinking skills, like, yeah, what do you do if you get kicked out of a Zoom meeting and mom's in a session and dad's doing a deposition, you know? Right. Um, and we've had to kind of walk through those steps. And in some ways, I feel like, you know, is it possible to take some of those happenings that are happening in the home and create you know education plans around them i'm not sure
1: yeah i think that that's um a really interesting way of looking at how we approach things right now you're you're absolutely right that we need to be um considering how how does that iep change for our students with disabilities based off of those learning models so really it's figuring out what's the contingency plan. So in the event that a district needs to make that shift in learning model, how do we ensure that there's going to be um, a plan in place? Because those shifts can be re- really sudden based off of a COVID outbreak in a school. Um, so how do we do that? And our we've been working with our special educators on putting together what we're calling contingency learning plans. It's actually an addendum to the IEP that spells out what those IEP services and accommodations are gonna look like in the event that 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 shift happens to distance learning or to hybrid and so forth so that we we can make sure that there isn't a lapse in service for our students with disabilities um, and that their education can just continue seamlessly. So that's on the paperwork side of things, how we've really been approaching that. Um, I do think that IEP teams also can be considering um, as the learning environment changes in those plans, how does that shift maybe where the priority lies um, in terms of providing the student with a free and appropriate public education and look at some of those other important life skills. like you said, you know, with our own kids, we're really asking them to learn skills that maybe we wouldn't have time or a need to really be teaching them at home. So mine too are making lunches, they're working on their laundry skills. Um, but I think that for our students with disabilities, as that learning environment shifts to the home setting, how could we view that through a positive lens and really be focusing on some of those? adaptive skills um, to set them up to be successful for life after school and how can we maybe shift to focusing on transition skills um, during the pandemic uh, that would help promote that independent living um, that we want them to experience. I will say that I have a lot of concerns just um, for our students who are a little bit older that have disabilities. So We tend to shift um, when a student is in late middle school, early high school to focusing on transition skills. And that includes that independent living piece, but also employment skills. And because many of the the job sites that we would typically look at placing students in um, during their high school years, for example, aren't available right now because of all the COVID restrictions We're really trying to get creative and problem solving. How do we still ensure they're going to have those skills um, to be successful in the in the in the real world, if you will, when they leave us? So um, just new challenges that exist that we need to try to to problem solve around um, all of the time to ensure that we're providing that um, education to our students.
0: Well, that's a wrap. For my interview with Jamie Nord, an educational administrator from the St. Croix River Education District. I want to leave you with some information about two different um, website links. One is for the St. Croix River Education District, and on that website, they have something called the Calming Strategies Toolbox. Within this toolbox, you will find powerful tools for building resilience and supporting well being. For example, They offer tools for calming your body, your thoughts, tools for expressing yourself and changing your space or taking care of yourself. Also, another great resource is an organization called PACER Center, Champions for Children with Disabilities. And if you're a parent or a grandparent and you want to learn more about resources that might even help in terms of um, writing the IEP, I would suggest you check out this website. So I will leave the links to that on the show. Until next time, thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on Talking Your Way to Change. You can also visit our Facebook page. You can subscribe to the show on Anchor or iTunes so that you never miss an episode. If you found value in this show, we would appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or you could just simply tell a friend. I need to alert everyone that this podcast is not meant as a substitution for mental health treatment. So although the podcast deals with psychotherapy, this is not your psychotherapy. Okay, thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Banker.